I am Neil Edwards, and this is The Leadership Range, where we elevate the voices of black and brown coaches, leaders and allies, and have soulful conversations about all things at the intersections of leadership, relationships and teams, well-being and inclusion. Here I offer deep insights and practical tips for work and life. Using things like wooden utensils, glass cups and metal bottles are as effective at solving the problem of ocean garbage as are participating in unconscious bias training, recruiting, and crucial conversations at solving systemic racism in corporate America. My world work as a system-oriented leader requires me to zoom out and zoom in often. Sometimes I have to find a focus at a micro level, sometimes at a macro level, and sometimes in between, and often looking from multiple angles to connect dots and to get a sense of a whole system or a complex of embedded systems. I might look outside of a target system to gain insight and understanding, even if only to challenge the status quo. For more linear thinkers, working with me, uh, it, it could feel flighty at times, it could feel unfocused, it could feel frustrating. But for systems-oriented leaders, everything is interconnected, so we look everywhere. We don't have to look far or think long to recognize that we have big problems to solve in society. And many of these problems are influenced by, or in large part, by big corporate interests and um, basically money and power. Not surprising. Climate change is a massive global problem, for example. It is literally an existential crisis that, if not solved, will bring humanity to a screeching halt. One of the things we hear about associated with climate is our oceans and ocean ecosystems. If we destroy our ocean ecosystem, we destroy life. One of the things we hear about in this space is ocean garbage and the need to clean it up. Systemic and structural racism, in its various forms, is at an inflection point, let's say, in history. And that if we don't address it, we will deepen the divides in communities and the workplace, perpetuating the already deeply rooted issues that we have. These two problems are not necessarily related, but how we address them are. By the way, I really like these shorter episodes when I'm speaking because I don't have to say much. Um, and that's good for me because I don't want to give a lot of information. I just want to frame something up and leave you with an opportunity to think and reflect and take action on your own. So by the end of this episode today, you are going to be better equipped to notice the difference between problem solving and exploitation based on these two examples that I'm going to give you, or this is the way I'm going to frame it up. And, and you'll have a couple of ways to examine an issue if you suspect exploitation parading as problem solving. So the problem I want to highlight today is that there are large companies that are not interested in addressing systemic racism in the workplace, even though they declare their commitments. What they are interested in is exploiting systemic racism and having a narrative around it to enhance their corporate brand, increase their market value, and defeat their competitors. This approach perpetuates harm, inequities, and injustice at work and in our communities. From my point of view, there's only one solution, or very few solutions, and one is the truth and accountability, with a boost of daring and courageous leadership. So what does plastic have to do with ocean garbage? Eliminating plastic straws and cleaning up ocean trash feels good, and is good, but it will not save the ocean ecosystem. 
You see, plastic straws account for 0.03% of plastic entering the ocean. Commercial fishing, on the other hand, their nets represent 46% of the Great Pacific garbage patch. And the majority of the remaining garbage is commercial fishing gear. The primary substance found in the stomachs of dead beach whales are fishing nets and commercial fishing gear. Yet, we're talking about straws. A project organization called the Plastic Pollution Coalition that drives a lot of the reduced plastic campaigns globally is a project of an organization called the Earth Island Institute, the organization that hands out the dolphin safe label on seafood. It turns out that 99% of the campaign messaging to clean up the ocean on the web is about reducing the use of plastic straws, not about reducing commercial fishing nets or fishing consumption or the negative impact of commercial fishing on ocean ecosystems. Did you know that commercial fishing kills more fish in one day, in one day, than the oil spill of the deep water rising killed over in over three months? Did you know that? I visited the Monterey Bay Aquarium a few weeks ago with my family and saw a shark exhibit, and I was astounded because it gave information on the number of sharks that humans kill on a periodic basis. And the fact is that humans kill over 11,000 sharks an hour every single day. Now, I'm not going to get into what that means for the ocean ecosystem, but the killing of ocean animals has a lot to do with climate change and the climate crisis. So let me get back to the Dolphin Safe Seafood label. It is a moneymaker for the Earth Island Institute, that organization I mentioned a moment ago. They receive donations from the companies they verify as Dolphin Safe, which, by the way, neither means dolphins do not die, nor that the associated fishing is sustainable. If consumers stop putting all plastic in the ocean, the negative impact of commercial fishing would still exist. But the reduced plastic campaign is neither talking about reducing commercial fishing or eating less fish. What they're doing instead of trying to solve the problem is exploiting the imagery of a straw found stuck in a turtle to increase fund development while perpetuating a bigger problem that happens to benefit them financially, commercial fishing. When we place our attention on corporations making declarations about diversity and inclusion, yet we see intractable data and reports of racial harm inside these same organizations, we need to ask, are they focused on solving the problem or are they doing something else? Like the Eliminate Plastic campaign that knows commercial fishing, fishing is a problem, corporations know racism is a problem. The slow killing of a black man is being exploited to bolster the brands and the market values by jumping out front and making declarations, hiring diversity specialists, implementing development and recruiting programs for black and brown people, and unconscious bias training and book clubs for the majority. Are these exploitative approaches? 
The evidence suggests they are, because many of the companies out front have already failed and demonstrated their racist ways within the last few months. And the $50 billion that has been promised has not materialized. Only about $250 million has been spent or committed to specific initiatives, according to a report, uh, an article in Fortune magazine. For black and brown people and everyone who supports dismantling systemic racism at work, there, there is one powerful thing that you can do to address this exploitation, and that is challenge the status quo by asking well-placed questions like, what are you going for on this project? What is important about that? What is the real problem we're trying to solve here? If you hear something like, or something in a neighborhood of, we will be able to say this or that, then that is, that's a clue. That's a clue that the focus is on marketing and external communications. That's not necessarily bad if you want the company to do well in the market, but it is not enough. And a lot of people may be unwittingly participating in nonsense. So you see, you need to dig deeper. You might follow up with something like, what's important about saying that? Or, okay, what does it change internally? Or, Uh, can we take a look at how it addresses systemic racism here? So systemic racism is still alive and well in the workplace. Companies continue to ignore it, avoid it, and exploit it, or even lie about it. It is as if they don't really want to solve the problem. But with people like you, the courageous ones who long for a more just, kind, and loving world, and are willing to fight for it, It's time to take a step and to step up and to expand your ability to lead, to lead well. There is hope because you can say something and be a part of holding people, the people closest to you, accountable. Hold your organizations accountable. All right, so that's it for today. Thank you for listening to me and my musings, folks. And I know some of you want to look up uh, those two organizations that I mentioned, so I'll mention their names again before I close out. The first one is The Earth Island Institute, and they are at earthisland.org. And the other one is Plastic Pollution Coalition, and they are at plasticpollutioncoalition.org. And they are associated organizations doing a lot of great work, but you will find that there is something missing. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Leadership Range. If you enjoyed the episode, I invite you to peruse the others for more great conversations. If you know someone you think ought to be on the podcast, please send me an email at neil at neiledwardscoaching.com. To connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash nedwards07. I look forward to you joining in for more conversations each Monday on The Leadership Range.